Welcome to Gender Blender. I'm your host, Bonjon. Today I'm talking to Corey, a self-described dude who plays guitar and vocals with the Nova Scotia-based neo-folk band Caribou Run. As a side note, I genuinely love their music, so I've included links in the show notes. I especially love the East Coast rhythm of Carney's Crossing and the vocals in Wish You Well. Corey and I talk about dude culture, redefining what it means to be a man, learning to speak beyond the binary, and we even touch on the 90s TV classic, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Corey filled in at the last minute when another interview I had planned fell through, and I really appreciated how open he was to talking through big questions with me. He even had some great questions of his own for me that you'll hear at the end of the episode. Our conversation is fun, funny, and has a lot of, I don't know, which is something I think a lot of people feel, but really hesitate to say out loud, let alone on record. So much gratitude and respect to Corey for his willingness to talk gender with me. Here's a sneak preview before we jump in. I, it's it's like I'm trying to learn how to speak for the first time at 32, essentially. So yeah, I'm hesitant to like things that I, I, I'm hesitant to to pigeonhole myself in terms of things like I like working on cars and like those like stereotype things. I don't I don't I don't like to attribute those as to being male mm-hmm. because I I feel like. I have more free will than that, but I don't. I've never really thought of it because it's never been something I've had to confront or question. Or, or like things like mansplaining. Mm. You know about mm. mansplaining. Yes. <laughs> let me tell you about mansplaining because <laughs> I'll mansplaining. tell you about mansplaining. Great. <laughs> no. um, I was hoping you would. <laughs> I have been telling people everybody is an expert in at least one gender, and that's your own. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are on the podcast as an expert in hey. your own gender. So, I'll get you to introduce yourself. Okay. I'm Corey. I'm cisgendered. I'm a hetero white dude. Uh, I'm 32. I live in Vancouver. What lights you up? What excites you? Um, music. I like music a lot. I like making it. I like discovering it. I like listening to it. I like talking about it. Um, and politics, which is a lame thing to be into, but I, I'm, I can't not just dive right into it and want to just argue about it all the time. Yeah. Did you um, study politics? Uh, I, or, a little bit, like yeah. a tiny bit in, in school. I, I entered school hoping to be a poli-sci major, but then switched to uh, philosophy. Cool. But, Very related. Yeah. So just argumentative douchebaggery. Yeah. Douche <laughs> oh, that's quite all right. I'm also a poli-sci <laughs> major, so yeah. I get it. Um, yeah. My dog... Dogs in general, animals in general. My dog is the best. Um, Animals. I'm a vegetarian, so I like the environment and I like animals. And what was it? What was it? What lights you up? Yeah, traveling, but not, but not like traveling briefly, but traveling like embedded, like moving to places with no end in sight, which unfortunately has limited me to a small number of places, but like I moved here first with no, nothing, no roots or anything. And then I moved to Nova Scotia with the same thing Nice. and then just stuck around. How do you define gender in general? In general is probably, um, wildly simplistic 
because it's just I think it's just whatever a, maybe a dictionary definition might be just it's it's a binary definition just because it's all I'm used to um, it'd be yeah your 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 place on a spectrum in uh, in terms of like masculine feminine um, and how it fits into like societal expectations or um, perceptions that is like rooted in like sex organs that's to say like not divorced from biology cool that's it I think that's like it's 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 not something I've ever thought of or like ever been asked to like define I'm just regurgitating what I think the dictionary says that I may have heard so I remember learning the difference between sex and gender. Yeah. And one being biology and one being a bigger thing. But I remember also, this is like elementary school. Yeah. But also just being taught two things. Like it's one or the other. I think that that's probably pretty close to what a dictionary definition would be. How do you think about it in terms of, like, I mean, you're a... Uh, you're a human about the world. True. Um, so given that, how do you think, <clears throat> like, how does this, how do you think about it outside of the, of the dictionary? I mean, I think, I mean, I haven't been asked about it or, or like, discussed it because I didn't know that there was, I didn't think there, I didn't know that there was anything beyond a binary. And then... So that just I it's it's like I'm trying to learn how to speak for the first time at mm. 32, essentially. I mean, not 32. Like it's been a few years since it's entered my my realm of awareness. But I've never, outside of you, I've never met someone that I know that's like non-binary. non-binary. Yeah. So I've just it's just not something I've ever thought of. Um, when I say like how I define them that's not like a rigid definition it's just I don't have any better way to say it because I don't know I don't have the vocabulary for concepts that are brand new to me when's the first time you you encountered was like aside from meeting me I'm assuming you, you encountered the concept the concept yeah do you remember I that I don't remember no. it it's just kind of I don't know it just yeah, I don't remember a moment. Yeah. I don't remember a moment or ever or ever being like, oh, really? Just being like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. cool, man. That's... And you were cool with it. Oh yeah, like it's not. You. Yeah, I don't mean when I say the defin like when I was giving you my definition, I don't, I didn't, I don't mean like that's the definition and there is nothing. It's just that's been my understanding. Yeah. Until a wrench has been thrown into it, and I'm just like, okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't like it makes me it makes those definitions just useless now to me. Yeah. So okay. So then, in the new context of the new world mm-hmm. that you discovered at twenty nine ish, that you're learning to speak, how would you define gender now? If someone had to ask, if someone asked you, I guess it would just it's whatever, whatever you want. I guess. Yeah. Whatever one wants. Yeah, cool. Okay, so then tell me about your gender. Um, you said you're a cis, hetero, white. <laughs> I think you said male. Yeah, I think I said dude. Dude. But, yeah, male. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does that mean to you? Uh, I don't really know. Because I've, I've ju- I, I mean, I know. I know it means I have a penis. <laughs> And uh, I have a beard. And then outside of that, see, I'm hesitant to, like, things that... I, I, I'm hesitant to, to like, pigeonhole myself in terms of things. Like, I like working on cars and, like, those, like, stereotype things. I don't, I don't, I don't like to attribute those as to being male mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I have more free will than that. 
But I don't, I've never really thought of it because it's never been something I've had to confront or question. So it's literally just, to me, it just means I have facial hair, a lower voice. Lower voice, that's cool. And that's a new one. (laughs) I'm collecting tags or something from people. Um, So I'm always stoked. I have broad broad shoulders (laughs) they're all like it's basically all physical stuff because anything beyond that i don't like to say that that makes me a man or a male i get that a lot actually because i am queer and so i've had to think a lot about what makes me queer Mm -hmm. and where the things that i know make me visibly unqueer or i guess a lot of people perceive me as um, as a woman, mm-hmm. and I think a lot about that too, and how I I like how I look, I mm-hmm. like how I present. But so I've thought a lot about like sh- maybe I should be changing my look to be looking mm-hmm. more visibly queer. But then I get like pissed at that too right. because I also have free will, and I also these things also don't define me. Yeah. So I totally get that, all of that. What are some of the things that you think make you fit into the category of man, like along the lines of like you like cars and stuff? And what are some of the things that you do that don't fit into that? Um, I don't, um, and I guess the reason mm, that I'm asking mm. that is because I'm trying to figure out or have conversations about the things that um you said in your definition I really liked this that it's like the place on a spectrum but that's rooted in how or that fits into they fit into societal expectations Mm -hmm. and to me the things like car yeah cars cars yeah and like like being a doofus is <laughs> <laughs> like um, those are part of the societal expectations and so for everyone there's ways that we do and don't fit into the societal expectations mm-hmm. and for me as a queer I don't fit into the like visual societal right. expectation yeah um but it's interesting to me to pull out all of the things mm-hmm. that that make up this like societal man expectation yeah. or whatever yeah well, a lot of those things, though, like the like the stereotype, the stereotypical like masculine male, like are eye rolling to me. Like, I mean, like you know, uh, like the cliche like beer commercial or like so or like just because it's topical, like the Gillette commercial. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I like to me, I'm just like yeah, like that, like I guess I just live in a bubble, like uh, amongst my other male friends. Because it's kind of like, yeah, that's, how is this news to anyone? Like, that this, like, the behaviors that are being encouraged by that commercial are not just commonly, why does this need to be said? So it's... How did it come onto your radar? I don't even remember. I just go on Twitter a lot. Mm, and, okay, yeah. yeah. Just, Polly Seiner. Everyone right. was talking about it, so I was like, yeah. well, get to check this out. And I was yeah. like, oh, I get it. Um, yeah, so for the folks at home. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, as far as I understand, it's like... It's highlighting the, the the tropes of masculinity and how those are toxic. And we need to, instead of being, you know, misogynists and roughhousers and machismo dummies, need to be gentler and need to be more empathetic and, like, teach our, our, the young boys to be better men and to be better people. And so my eye rolling is like, isn't that, like, are we still, is that still a thing? But again, that's probably, but then seeing conversations around it and backlash, I'm just like, oh, but yeah, it is. People are still like that. So that's what I mean. I live in like a bubble. Do you follow politics in Canada or the States or where? What's your political Wherever. focus? Whatever's juiciest. The I reason guess. I asked that is because I also was curious around the the controversy and backlash to that about whether that is also a little bit like American, like... Mm. And whether American men are maybe different um, than Canadian men, I don't know. It's possible, but it's it's always like the like squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's always the loudest people that are 
yeah. going to make the biggest waves. So, I mean, I don't personally know anyone, I think, that, or no one that at least has expressed anger or outrage about it. So I studied feminism. My -hmm. master's degree was in gender sexuality and women's studies. And so I really got deep into it. And when I was studying it, a persistent thought was, I think the, the, the second wave feminist movement did a lot to liberate women and girls. Mm -hmm. Um, we got rid of our dress wearing, Mm -hmm. um, expectations of women right um and uh women entered the workforce and 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 things doors kind of opened for women and girls in that time but i think something that um and that was important and uh it wasn't the responsibility of women who were just fighting for their own rights to also be thinking about others. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that now we're at a point where we're circling back or becoming cognizant of the fact that men haven't been liberated from men's roles in the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. Or at least that's something that I sort of believe. Like, I, I, or I wonder, I don't believe necessarily, I wonder, is, is it hard for men to break out of the, the macho role and, or, or whatever the stereotype is? Is it harder for you to break out of that role? Speak for all men. <laughs> Speak for all men. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, it really, I think it really depends, it depends on, on the circles you run with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 I know I've been called from my male friends a pussy fag, like, mm. just for the things I'm into and the way I am. But I never took offense to it and just, like, never took it seriously. Like, I think emo, hippie, pussy was... A lot of those things were thrown at me from my from my friends, but, like, it didn't bother me. And I don't think it was sincere. And I think that was an immaturity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those same friends now, I don't think they would not say that, but I don't think it, it, it means anything. I think it's empty. It's just like, maybe I'm just being, making excuses for them. But like, I think it's just like gentle ribbing, but not so gentle. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Mildly but like, aggressive ribbing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know, like my friends, my, my male friends, even the ones that are like the machoist on the exterior are, are, are pretty in touch with their feminine sides and don't really have a problem not or breaking away from those Gillette commercial that's going to be our, our staple <laughs> Th- those types of historical um, expectations mm-hmm. I don't know I don't think I don't think so but I you know, you hang out with people and you encounter, you, you surround yourself with people that are usually like-minded. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the model of a man, a modern man, but I, I don't know, like bravado and machismo, I don't think I have any of those things, or at least they're not at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And my closest male friends are not like that either. Not so what are the... The dudes that you run with, like? They're... I don't know. They uh, talk about feelings. That's a thing. They cook. They clean. They do all those, like, domestic things. Like, they're all really hands-on. I'm thinking of one in particular. But he's, like, he does all the cooking, just most of the cleaning, and, like, he's just... He, he likes to shop and, like, these, you know, stereotype things. But he's he's a, he's a he's a man's man. He's as manly as they get, in my eyes. Like that's nothing manlier than just being a good dude. <laughs> that's cool. What makes him a man's man? I don't know. Aside from being a good dude. I don't know. It's, it just, I just find him a man's man. <laughs> I like. I don't know. Like he's not particularly handy. I get you know. But I I just think it's uh, that those are more important traits. I don't know. Pretty, pretty scattered here. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I'm I'm grateful f- 
to you for being open about that um, because it is scattered. Mm-hmm. It's so scattered. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's fun for me because some people, people go in all different directions with it. Like some people are, one person in particular, uh, a male, like a man-identified person that I talked to, was pretty concretely wanting to redefine man. Like he proudly identifies as a man because he wants to redefine what a man is. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, some of the women-identified people I've spoken to are firmly proud of their, that part of their identity. But mm-hmm. there's also a lot of people, and sometimes myself included, who are in this. And actually, that's for me, that's where queer comes in because Mm -hmm. um it's this queer to me is the most i guess like i feel like it's like (laughs) a cloud or something like it's just like moving around and it's not Mm -hmm. tangible so given that you don't know and it does feel scattered for you do you feel like gender's useful i don't know i mean maybe not i don't know can you think of any ways that it is useful I can't think of any ways that it's useful that can't be supplemented by or with something equally as useful. Do you know what I mean? Like, with pronouns, like, but it, it's just being, getting used to and, like, like re- referencing you, saying they, them. I've slipped and said her, she, and then try and correct. But, yeah, like, it's, it's if I'm talking, like, when I was talking about coming here tonight... I was saying I was going to my friend's place, and they are doing this and that. And so I think it. So like to the person I was talking to, it 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 masks something, it, and the, like it it because it's mm, that's yeah. the same thing we use for for plural. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never thought about it that way. Just because it's coupled with like it's just. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. But like it's it's not it, it's. It's not any like it, it's it's not any more useful or useless than something else could be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do know. In terms of expediency, like just just on sheer, I don't know. Well, it's funny. I, I, yeah, I, I just can't think of. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's useful. Yeah. Well, that's. I I appreciate that. That's something that um, that I rub up against actually. Personally, if unless someone has indicated to me that they're that they're really firmly like they want their gender represented Mm -hmm. in all contexts, um, I do tend to use uh, they them pronouns if I'm talking to somebody random. Mm -hmm. Like if I were saying I'm having an interview with somebody tonight, I would say they're arriving at okay. 5.30 or whatever. Right. Because because I think a lot about the assumptions that automatically get put into... Wait, if, if you use... Yeah, right, if yeah. you use a gendered thing. Totally. Which is so weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like so, It's like somehow if you were going to hang out with your friend and he was mm-hmm. a man, that would... In, indicate a certain context, but if you were going to hang out with your female friend, that mm-hmm. would indicate a different context, but that's not actually true necessarily, or that's something that I want to personally be like liberated from because right. I don't think that it's, that, I don't think that that's, um, I don't think that that's true or healthy mm-hmm. or allows us to just be people that get to connect right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird how, how much of our society is, like, set up around, like, sex and sexual expectation mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Because that's sort of where the, like, if you're a man coming to hang out with a female, mm-hmm. what, well, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't see. I don't, I, I don't, I have, I don't see. I, again, like, I'm just being, well, I'm just being, like, very myopic and just like this is how I see the world mm-hmm. and like that means nothing to me male female like 
going to a female friend's house, hanging out with females, hanging out with males. Like it, it to me personally, it makes no difference, and yeah. I don't have any of that kind of those assumptions. Okay, but then what's the thing that you think that it masks? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the main thing that was confusing to my my other friend um, was saying they then thought I was referring to more than one person. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Nothing else is being masked. No. Well, if I say if I say well, but saying they them doesn't like just like saying he or she paints a picture of them, whether it's whatever wherever that person's brain jumps when they hear that I'm going mm-hmm. to hang out with him or her. Mm-hmm. Um, saying they or them also doesn't like doesn't tell doesn't give a picture of of how you identify really does it I I don't know I it's not he it's not her them but that the, to me just saying they or them didn't convey that I'm meeting with someone who's non-binary it yeah. didn't do that either yes true. Um, and for me, it's not important to be conveyed as non-binary. It's important mm-hmm. to not be conveyed as something. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, because whatever picture someone's going to paint in their head from mm-hmm. he or she is so arbitrary right. for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the part that I want to avoid. And I want to avoid having those things put on me. Mm-hmm. Um the system has never, like, gender has never really made sense for me, which is the whole reason that I'm doing this thing, mm-hmm. because I'm trying to understand it more. Right. And because it's never made sense for me, I don't want to be part of it. I don't want right. to be, I, I don't want to have it put on me. Mm-hmm. Um, if someday I have a revelation that, I, <laughs> that I'm, like, a man or a woman yeah. or whatever, cool. Um, but until that day, queer makes sense to me because it's not, um, it's not part of the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you say, so the system being like the binary, the, is that? Um, well, the binary is the frame of reference that we currently have mm-hmm. for the set of expectations and the picture that gets painted right. and the expectations about what an interaction, like my interaction with the mm-hmm. world and, 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 uh, means. And that's the part. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole thing that's set mm-hmm. in motion by gender that I can't, I can't do. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has it ever occurred to you? And my intention is not to make the world queer or something. No. <laughs> um, but when I do talk to people who are not firmly a thing, like, has it ever occurred to you that you can also opt out? And, like, I, I brought that up with one person, and they kind of... Um, their response was that they didn't want to... Like they didn't, it didn't matter enough to them to go through the effort of like mm-hmm. having to like change their pronouns and all of that jazz. Um, and that helped me realize that people think that your your gender identity is intimately connected um, with your uh, pronouns and your sex and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's not like you could mm-hmm. still use the pronouns that you use. But if gender doesn't make sense to you either, you also can, like, choose other or say, I'm no gender or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. which you don't, no one has to do, but... Right. What um, do you think about that idea? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it's more, I'd more, I'd more kind of, I don't know, because I don't really have... I don't think, at least, that I'm, like, proud of being a man. It's something I had no... In my... in my I had no bearing over, right? But more be in line with whoever your other guest was who said, I want to change what it is to be a man. Or, or like, change the... 
because I, if there's like a like if there's a spectrum, and on that spectrum is like masculine, feminine, I guess, at varying degrees, and then somewhere where the line is, but there's there's two hemispheres on that, and where that is is like this is this is her and this is him. That's, that's somewhere along that, and like for whatever reason, I don't feel like a girl might just be because I have a penis and a beard. Might just and be broad that. Shoulders. And broad don't shoulders. Don't forget the broad shoulders. Deeper voice. <laughs> the deeper it voice. might just be that. Um, but whether or not it is because of things that I might not even be cognizant of that have been like implanted mm-hmm. through years of gender training yeah. from society. Yeah. Um, op- to me, like opting out, it's like just reinforces maybe the rigidity of those hemispheres because like if if i felt so feminine that i i i thought i no longer identified as a man i feel like it, it just just moving the goalposts would make more sense to me like just like this also encompasses being a man do you know what i mean yeah does that make yeah i do get that um so on the spectrum, the mm-hmm. spectrum is how gender has been presented to us mm-hmm. f- for a long time. Um, and that's part of the binary. You're yeah. either yeah. A or B, and maybe you're somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. But like, um, so the more, uh, the, th- the, the more, I don't know, I don't want to say progressive or s- what do I want to say? <laughs> More recently, um, and especially for people like me and queers who don't necessarily fit within the binary or whatever, um, it's not a spectrum. Like the spectrum yeah. training was yeah. sort of misaligned and isn't the best way to think about gender. Mm-hmm. Like basically it's all just a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like random points that are not like a scatter plot graph yeah (laughs) Yeah. a scatter plot with no axes yeah exactly Um, and i do think that there are certain like the definitely gender as you said um it's it's about societal expectations for a lot of people it's rooted in sex organs Mm -hmm. so there are like cultural culturally specific plot lines that we can Mm -hmm. build up around it like Men like cars yeah. <laughs> and women clean or whatever, yeah. you know. But hopefully we can break that down. So I do get the idea that... I do sort of get the idea that opting out reinforces that. But I also would like you to talk more about that. And also, like, maybe the conclusion that you ultimately come to... And I know you're thinking through ideas here... Mm. <laughs> as we're talking is owning being a modern man or or like redefining manness because i do think that like man is at a t- turning point too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so given that i've just destroyed the spectrum mm-hmm. does that shift things for you or how how do you respond to that do you need me to repeat or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> probably wasn't that coherent. <laughs> okay, so it's not really a spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's a random scatter plot with no axes. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us mm-hmm. to to plot what it means. Or at least this is how I approach it. It's up to us to plot what it means to be each of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the kind of baseline expectations that were given to us by Mm -hmm. the previous generations but we also get to redefine things constantly like Mm -hmm. none of none of these categories have ever actually been fixed in time Mm -hmm. and the narratives around them have um, changed wildly from generation to generation like Mm -hmm. um, the way that we think of like trans as very binary also Mm -hmm. that's that's a that's a narrative of the last hundred years that um, like queer people existed in the way that I exist now mm-hmm. 
in other times in history, but um, but that narrative has been kind of erased, and now people are re reclaiming or rediscovering or re um, not re but just in inventing new ways of being queer also. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same way, what it's meant to be a man through history has mm-hmm. also changed. So arriving at the present day, if you want to identify as a man, which you don't have to, right. so will you continue to make that choice? And if you will, what does it mean to you today? How how do you want to define that? So if I was so if I was given the choice, and every if I if I got to like start from if I got a blank slate, mm-hmm. more or less, would mm-hmm. I st- like would I still is what you're asking? Would I still identify as a man if it? Well, not, not necessarily from a blank slate, but given that. Um, like, I think we're all at a gender turning point of sorts, mm-hmm. too, um, because, like I say, everybody's an expert in at least mm-hmm. one gender, their own, mm-hmm. um, and we all get to define th- what that means for our own selves, and mm-hmm. part of my intention here is to ask people yeah. to define it for themselves. So not necessarily wiping the slate clean, because that's not realistic or yeah. what the circumstances that we're actually finding right. ourselves in. But given the historical archetypes of mm-hmm. man and woman, um, and given that the definitions and possibilities for gender are expanding out in mm-hmm. the present moment to include people mm-hmm. like me, where do you go? Where do you personally want to take that? Like how <laughs> will, Because you don't have to identify right. as a man. Um, yeah. But you did say you you relate a bit to the person who said that they want to redefine what it means sure. to be Sure, yes, there. yes. And they um, identified mm. how, like, basically whatever they thought the definition currently was and what how they, how they feel that they're redefining that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So given all of these things, where do you land with that? Um, and maybe maybe it's something that you need to think more about. Maybe. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not giving any giving <laughs> much here. Like, where do I like? How do I want? Like, what do I mean when I say like I want? I want to ex- expand. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. I don't really know. I guess so I'm kind of contradicting what I'd said earlier about like. Those things I don't feel like they apply to me. Those stereotypical male attributes, in terms of like, or the the ones that I I think just like happen to, I happen to align with. I feel like I want I want to say are just like that's that's just a coincidence, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking like st- as stereotype as you can get, like. The cars. Yeah, like that. The nonsense, right? Okay. <laughs> um, but. But you like those things, right? Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Well, I just ha- I just like them. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I don't necessarily. So if there's like, I don't know. How do I? I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really. I'm kind of. Loss. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know where, what that means. How do you feel uh, about these questions? They're big. It is hard. It's, it's hard. I find them hard to answer because I, like, I, until an hour ago, I've never, I've just taken for granted, like, and been able to cherry pick kind of my gender in terms of, like, I don't, like I identify as a as a man for whatever reason, but then also, like I reject some of the things that. But I also, in rejecting, like I don't know, I I like manliness. I, I find is synonymous with douchebaggy, or like assholeness. Why a lot of, a lot of the time because I think, like if I think of uh, like Home Improvement that show, like Tim the Toolman Taylor. 
Was he a jerk? Well, he's like the man, but he's a he's a dumbass and he's a he's a <laughs> douchebag. Yeah. Like he's he just I don't know. There's nothing redeeming about that guy. And like the his like sidekick Al is like scoffed at. Like he was the he was the right. he was the joke on the show. And he was kind of softer and. But like to me, that guy's way more manly than Tim the Toolman Taylor. Right. And I and I kind of always thought that. Right. Yeah. Like, if, if you have to pick one is, like, <laughs> which one is the man? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Tim the tool man who's supposed to be this man. Yeah. It's like, this guy's a fucking, he's just a fucking idiot. Whereas, like, Al Borland loves his mom. <laughs> he's gentle, competent. Like, that. yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the man to look, that's the man to look up to. So in, the, in that instance, like, when I'm, when I'm a kid watching the show, it's like, this is the man. This is supposed to be the man, and this is the joke. Yeah. But even back then, I was like, no, no, this guy's way... This is way more of a man mm-hmm. to me. Do you think that was a unique perspective? I, I don't know. Because, it, like, when I... Like, going back to the other men that I am closest with, they would agree with that. Whether or not they would... Like, if I were to say that to them right now, they'd be like, yeah, totally. Tim is a douchebag. Al is a good man. Mm-hmm. So, so those like hard stereotypes of manliness, I just find synonymous with douchebaggy. Mm-hmm. So, I pretty much went way off of what you actually asked me. No, it's um, good though. Do you want to come back to that? To what I asked you? I don't know, because I, I I don't know if I. I so you say. you said that you um, cherry pick the parts of manliness or man that um, mm-hmm. work for you. So going forward, <laughs> um, as a man who potentially is redefining manliness, what are the pieces that you will keep or the pieces that you will add on that haven't been part of the archetype? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, like, I'm already, like, it's already, like you'd said, like, we're at, a, like, a, a turning point, and I think, so I don't think it's, like, I'm at all, like, I'm not revolutionary or anything, like, it's just, I feel like it's just kind of men are just going in a direction that is, I think, for the better. Mm-hmm. Just being more, like, emotionally available mm-hmm. and less rah-rah and more... More vulnerable in, like, every respect of the meaning in terms of, like, a willingness to, like, be wrong, to a willingness to relinquish some power and some influence, uh, basically that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but again, <laughs> I feel like there's a big butt coming. <laughs> No, no, but um. Um, I just want to know how that process has been for you, if it's been conscious, um, and if you, like, how being vulnerable and how being emotional um, has felt. It's great. Yeah. It's super liberating. That's like, cool. That's what I was hoping you would say. That's why I said that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just being, being decent. Like, I think a lot of these, a lot of these male and masculine tropes are, uh, are, like, rooted and perpetuated out of fear, because if you, if you, it's, you know, men have, for all intents and purposes, been at the helm of fucking everything for a while, and so... Literally fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, with that comes like a, you know, it's like a, it's like sociopathic. It's like it's like when you get uh, like dictators, right? Yeah. They they just become more and more insane. The and the more and more they protect their, they try and protect what they have dominion over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so in order to let that go, you gotta like, in order to protect it, like there's like a. A calm before, or like a, not a calm before, whatever the opposite of a calm before the storm is, like a storm before the calm. Like, 
part of like the, the there's there's got to be like a conscious thing that's been in the heads of men for a long time where it's like these stereotypes and these 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 walls emotionally and and like the separation of gender roles it's like this is pr- protectionist practice to keep mm-hmm. and even va- and even valuing the strengths of a man in whatever capacity and devaluing everything else is just it's all protectionist mm-hmm. to keep to keep control of that power and then that things are going to switch one way or the other and you can either just be okay with it and realize it's good mm-hmm. or you can dig your heels in and get mad at a Gillette commercial yes <laughs> it must be like I can even think of times in my own life where um, I've had to relinquish power or influence or you know recognize that I have a strong voice mm-hmm and try to step back. Um, and that can be hard, too. Has it been hard for you ever? Can you think of specific examples where you've done that? Um, how does that? How do you go through the process of relinquishing power? Like, has that been conscious? No, I didn't. I didn't. I also didn't. I mean, I don't mean like I'm personally relinquishing power. Yeah. Um, but I do think it, I think that you're right that there's like a subtle um, and gradual shift that's happening amongst mm-hmm. all men too. So I don't know. You, it must come up for you, <laughs> for you as men, <laughs> or or like things like mansplaining. Mm-hmm. You know about mm-hmm. mansplaining. Yes. <laughs> let me tell you about mansplaining. Tell me about let, I'll tell you about mansplaining. Great. <laughs> no. um, I was hoping you would. <laughs> like, how do yeah, you feel no, yeah. about mansplaining? Uh, because essentially mansplaining, like, I think mansplaining, I'm glad that it went viral in the way that it did, mm-hmm. but I also think now, I also think that it's a delicate line. Like, someone can just, like, pop out mansplaining I've heard people use mansplaining inappropriately, too. Yeah. And I also wonder, like, how do you feel? Uh, and also, like, men do need to take a seat. Um, yeah. White people need to take a seat. Um, yeah. People... That was, that, that was the... When, when Caddy first brought up that... About me talking with you, I was just like, why the fuck does anyone want to hear from me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the last person that needs my, my thoughts out there. <laughs> Yeah, sort of, but also, um, I also think it's important for, like, a variety of voices. It's Mm -hmm. not about only, it's not about shutting down your voice necessarily, but making sure that all voices are heard. And, like, I won't, I'm trying to be conscious of not interviewing only, like, 30s-ish, um, white, millennial Vancouverites. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think that the things that you're bringing to the table are also things that people need to hear that, like, the modern man are, <laughs> are thinking about and are mm. doing, right? Because otherwise we do live in this fear world where we just hear the squeaky wheels who are right. getting upset about Gillette commercials and... Yeah. That's stressful and scary yeah. for all of us. Yeah. What happens for you when, or maybe it hasn't happened, but, like, when you hear about mansplaining or whatever, like, how, do you have a reaction to that? Um, yeah, I think I know what it means and what it is. I'm certain I've been guilty of it. Um, again, like, I... I, I it goes back to me just like me making that synonymous with like this just a douchebag move, and man, woman, or other, that behavior is just shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, men have just perfected it and gotten it great. <laughs> so, I mean, and yeah, I think I've, I've, you know, I live on the internet and I see, I see it 
I see it being, I see instances of it being what I think are accurately called out, but I also see it being called out unfairly. Um, and I, I guess my kind of take is just like, yeah, like it's a confusing and, and para- paradigm shifting time and people are just figuring out how to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? So things are going to get, you know, there will be a, everything will calm down at some point, mm-hmm. I think, or at least get calmer. When, mm-hmm. Once new things come out, there's like, especially on the internet, there's just like all this fervor yeah. about this or that and the other, and then things kind of calm down. Yeah. Um, so the advent of the, of the, coining of mansplaining yeah it was a good it's a good it's a accurate description of a pattern of behavior and I'm aware of it now and I've noted it I try to be aware of it but I also think like it's just a douchebaggy thing to do regardless Mm of gender and I hope that Everyone eventually sees it that way. Mm-hmm. Keep calling it out when you, as you see it, mm-hmm. but like, cool. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense. No, it definitely does make sense. And in the same way, I think, for, well, what I'm getting from that, like, like white people have also perfected douchebaggery for a mm-hmm. long time. And in the same way, like, white white people need to sit down too and like yeah. stop explaining and stop. Yeah. Taking up all the air in rooms and, mm-hmm. um, and, and also it's not, that's not completely unique to only white people either. And like yeah. all of these things, we're at a point in time where we're checking our shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just everybody needs to try to be a better human. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just everyone just be, be good. Be good. Um, whatever, whatever gets you through the day. <laughs> what hard, gets you through the day? It's hard out there. What gets me through the day? Yeah. My dog. Your dog. <laughs> and your music. I didn't touch on that yet. I want to come back to that. Um, music lights you up. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sometimes. It's also, it's also frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, does gender show up in your music or your band at all? And maybe it doesn't, but... Um, I mean, there's, there's a female in the group, so... One thing that I've noticed about music, there's an interesting, this is a tangent, um, what's her name? Annie Clark, St. Vincent? Yeah. So Annie Clark was talking to Meryl Garbus, Tune Yards. Oh, okay. And the two of them were talking. They were interviewing each other. Not unlike this. <laughs> they were just talking. Um, I'm sure we'll reach this, a similar <laughs> level of fame. And they were talking, and, and like right out of the gate, they, were, they asked each other, what's it like to be a woman in, in music? Mm-hmm. And they both said, they were just like, the only... The, the, the most, I'm paraphrasing, but like the biggest thing about being a woman in music is that you're always asked what it's like to be a woman in music. Mm. You said you're, you're a poli-sci nerd and a philosophy major, so you must think a lot about <laughs> the world and how, and change, and mm-hmm. do you take responsibility for being the next generation of man at all and if you do how will you go about that and like this sidebar about being asked Mm -hmm. the only difference about being a woman in music is being asked about that Mm -hmm. like how do you how do you um deal with those things i think i just i i i i don't know in terms of like i understand i i think like the most productive or helpful thing I can do is just actually just fuck off. Just like 
I know my seat in society is a super high one, just just by dint of my existence. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like just like I said earlier, like no one needs to hear from me. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to add. I just feel like my best thing I can do is like be an ally, and you know, mm-hmm. people that need to be he- heard. Whatever it takes to get them heard, mm-hmm. to make everything better. Mm-hmm. So, well, what does it take? Of, I don't know. V- voting. Voting matters. Okay. Um. And just just accom- just accommodating. Yeah. Like okay. even even on a, like a small spectrum of like as we as we started like my <clears throat> understanding of gender is super myopic and, and has never been challenged or at all. I've never had to think about it. It's all just been very cut and dry and just kind of never entered my head. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm going to, I'm going to like Jordan Peterson, like stonewall anyone. And like, no, I'm not going to use them or they like, that's just nonsense yeah. and douchey. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, Use the pronouns that you want yeah. used. Yeah. And respect your agency and do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Cool. That's not, that's not really like a grand gesture, but like that's what everyone ought to do is just listen to everyone. Mm-hmm. And no one, is, no one to shut up and like no one to listen. Mm-hmm. I guess where I was asking, um, which isn't quite fair of <laughs> me, um, as there are some instances or maybe not, I don't know. I feel like there are some instances where we should also speak up too. Um, mm. for example, when your friends are using pussy as, mm. or gay as a, uh, a rib. Right. Um, those things are rooted in homophobia and misogyny, actually. And, like, the language that we use matters. Or when someone says, when you hear someone say, um, what's it like to be a woman in music? Mm -hmm. And you can say, that's a pretty lame question. What's it like to be a man in music? (laughs) True. Um, but also, I think it's unfair of me to, like, expect that, I guess. Yeah, and not everybody is comfortable, but I do feel like people like us who are ha- who do have a high seat mm-hmm. at the societal table do have. We do need to also use our voice. We can't like mm-hmm. it's not. Um, and this is relating to the whole mansplaining and and like taking a seat thing. Like I don't think it's uh, it's not a binary. It's not a mm-hmm. yes or no. It's like contextual right um and i hope i don't know i hope that as somebody who is be who who does seem to get it i don't know if i see that as part of our responsibility as allies mm-hmm. yeah what do you think <laughs> i agree i also think it's circumstantial like when my if my friends call me certain words i'm gonna let i'm gonna let it slide because yeah. because in context even though a gr- couple things one be, pick your battles. I know that I'm not going to change those things about them. Mm-hmm. And I also know that I know that language matters, but I also am aware that their understanding of it isn't doesn't come from that same kind of hateful place mm-hmm. where it might for someone else. So mm-hmm. in terms of like speaking up, my friends call me a pussy. I know they're not cerebral enough to really like think of the of the of what is actually being said mm-hmm. and I'm not going to convince them otherwise. Like, but in, in general day-to-day life, you know, I would speak up in certain contexts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, accept. I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean like, <laughs> like if I hear someone call that some, someone else on the street is a different thing. What you would know. you do then? I don't know. I haven't actually faced it, but I'd probably say something. Um, it's all contextual, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's funny, actually. Um, 
one thing one thing someone else asked me about um or somehow the conversation landed here was that was uh my parents don't use my proper pronouns and I don't know if I'll uh it's not a hill I want to die on with them right um we've been through a lot of struggle mm-hmm. my parents and I with me and my sister both being gay and mm-hmm. you know um there were years where our relationship was awful because of that and it's recently gotten better and I don't want to uh, I just want to enjoy them as they right. are you know and yeah. it's funny it's, I'm relating to you not like wanting to go there with your friends um, yeah. in that same way it's funny how the people that we're closest with sometimes like we're least inclined to yeah to to go there with I think it's probably because those are relationships that you that you don't want to potentially sever right mm-hmm. yeah. but I, I could confront a stranger because I don't care if they don't like me yeah. I don't care if our relationship gets fractured mm-hmm. but if it's some you know mm-hmm. if you're it's the higher risk when it's someone closer to you yeah totally true is there anything that you wanted to ask me? You said, oh, uh, you. S- so you came out twice, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Was one harder? Is that a. Or mm-hmm. was one. Yeah. Um, yes, it was harder to come out as queer, as gender queer, than it was um, as. Gay because people can't question, mm-hmm. or people like people think that they n- know gender and right. that um, and that there are like tidy little boxes of gender. Mm-hmm. So people felt more entitled to question my queer identity than my um, my gay identity. Right. And in some ways, I guess your sexuality is more tangible. Like who, what kind of body parts do you have sex with (laughs) or are you attracted to? It's sort of more firm. Whereas gender is this big, uh, moving cloud. Um, but at the same time, people do think that the boxes are very neat and Mm -hmm. tidy. So yeah, good question. And you said that, like, your presentation leads to assumptions about, like, you're going, like, on the street, you're going to be seen as or viewed as a girl, right? Most, mm-hmm. most times. Um, I know that that's how other people yeah. see me. It's funny because I feel. In, and this is something that was a, a somewhat recent learning for me. Mm. I think, like, in my own brain, it's super obvious that I'm, <laughs> that I'm queer. Okay. Like, I, had, yeah. I, like, have these, like, outward goggles on where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's so obvious. Duh. <laughs> yeah. um, and I thought, and I can, I... I could understand that um, the general public would would still put females on me sometimes, mm-hmm. but it in my goggles I thought that my friends could see me mm. could like I thought that it was super obvious to them also. Right. And somewhat recently, I can't remember why I came to that realization. It was through a conversation and. I just realized that, like, I'm the only one that sees me as super obviously queer, mm-hmm. which has been weird for me. Yeah. And so I've been trying to spend some time getting at why, like, why my internal, why I internally just feel like it's super obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's probably the same way that anybody, like, you know yourself, you right. know, you, there's, like, certain things that you know about yourself. And you probably think that they're super apparent and then people would be surprised by them. So that's where I've sort of landed for now. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's been weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Is there a point when you realized, or was it just kind of always been there that you... Looking back, I think that there... I can see times in my life where I was clearly, like, rubbing up against femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I came to do my master's and started studying queer theory mm-hmm. and, and then was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I learned a new language that finally made sense for the way that I had always felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had always felt like I was rubbing up against femininity um, and was always actively trying to like um, separate myself from that. Right. Um, and then when I finally had the language to describe it, I was like, oh, this, yes, right. that's it. Um, and similarly, um, I grew up in a small town, and it was before pre-Ellen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and like, the, the, the people in public consciousness who were, were like, lesbians mm-hmm. were, um, were pretty butchy. They were obvious lesbians, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I also have never really fit into that. And so it wasn't until I went to university and met other people who were like, who looked like me right. and were not these like butchy people who, that I realized, oh, I'm mm. gay. It, before that, I always thought I was asexual. Mm. It's so weird how we need to have like a frame in order to know ourselves, or mm-hmm. at least I did anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. For now, at least. For now, at least. <laughs> Once again, somebody that said that they had nothing to say on gender had quite a lot to say about it. <laughs> I'd love to hear your feedback. How did you find out about the show? Did the perspective of a particular guest resonate or rub you the wrong way? Do you have questions about some of the terms and concepts that have come up? Are you interested in being a guest? Whatever it is, I'd love to hear from you. I'm currently out for a very long walk, walking over 5,000 kilometers from Vancouver, BC to the Corvas in Ontario, but I hope to drop into libraries along the way to chip away at launching a website for the podcast and maybe even record interviews along the way. For now, you can connect with me via my Instagram at Bonbury, B-O-N-N-B-U-R-Y, or via the contact form on my personal blog, bonvoyages.ca. That's B-O-N-N-V-O-Y-A-G-E-S dot C-A. Thanks for joining me on this journey. If you like what you hear, tell your friends or rate the podcast. With gratitude, I'm Bon John, and this is Gender Blender. This podcast was produced and recorded by me, Bon John, on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations.